Capcom has been hacked, and as a result, leaks concerning Street Fighter VI have begun circulating on the interwebs. Catalyst and I discuss the details and see what all else we can deduce about SF6, given recent timelines, statements, and actions made by Capcom employees. Plus, how far off is the FGC from a return to normalcy when it comes to offline events? New vaccine developments for COVID are giving us some new hope. And finally, we take a closer look at Punk's recent Street Fighter V tier list, all on this week's episode of the Event Hubs podcast. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Event Hubs podcast. I am John Catalyst Gray, and with me as always is John Velociraptor Guerrero. Hello, hello. Well, we had an entire podcast planned out for you guys. I spent a better two hours this morning figuring out exactly what I wanted to say and how I wanted to say it and the order I wanted to say it in. And then I jump online to uh, to check up with John here and, and see if, you know, if everything's ship-shape and going forward as planned. And it was not because we got some huge potential information this morning or maybe uh, maybe even a little earlier than this morning but the news kind of broke the dam broke this morning mm-hmm. uh, and there's information leaked allegedly about Street Fighter 6 yeah as we've said many times before Street Fighter 6 is coming it's likely going to be coming in early 2022 and recent rumors which are supposedly part of the the leak hack that happened at Capcom um, that the upcoming fighting game will be available on the PlayStation 4 PlayStation 5 Xbox one the Series X plus a PC so basically all the current platforms that are that are out right now plus the next generation consoles you're going to be able to play Street Fighter VI on them. That is the big news here. Uh, this is not going to be a console exclusive. This is going to be a cross-generation, and we're hoping cross-play game that really kind of puts Capcom back on the map here. You're seeing other titles in the FGC outsell the current Street Fighter V, and certainly a part of that um, is is that the fact the game is not available, you know, on the Microsoft consoles, right? Mm-hmm. You just can't get it. Like it, it's impossible to play it there. Uh, and what is the classic meme there? Like, you know, thanks for not being able to take my money, you know, kind of thing. I guess you don't want my money, <laughs> yep. you know. And it's, and it's like, well, yeah, you know, that was the the stupidity that that led Capcom into that, which we're going to get into here. But I, I want to stay on subject here but that if you've been listening to our podcast this isn't breaking much in the way of news we knew this was coming and we had heard repeatedly that the release window is set to be 2022 early 2022 which likely means an announcement is coming at the 2020 capcom cup which is taking place in 2021 uh it's really navigated that so damn gracefully (sighs) considering how many little tongue twisters were in that path i just want to round of applause all right thank you i appreciate it so a succinct way of saying it is we're about four or five months away based on what we've been hearing for an official street fighter 6 reveal and then we're expecting the game to be promoted for about a year's time which would be exactly that and then boom it's out uh you know uh the capcom loves that like february march release window for their fighting games they almost always release it then uh that is their history and this is a company, man, do they ever love their history here. Like they always, they, they are so formulaic with, with how they do stuff. Mm. Um, so, but I, I do want to take people back here uh, and just to kind of add a little bit weight of weight to the rumors we've heard here about Street Fighter 6 is back in August, we heard a rumor about Street Fighter 6 development that the game was some kind of team-based setup. Uh, but the, the feedback that the team received, the development team was not good and Yoshinori Ono actually got demoted because of it. Like, legitimately, it was so bad, and apparently, like, Ono was helming this, as he should be with, as, you know, the former head of Capcom Fighting Games. Um, and, and again, just the feedback was so 
poorly received that they they basically demoted Ono and there's I, a I lot. I have the quote right here in front yep. of me too, if you if you want it. Yeah, and go this for was it. From uh, Aesthetic Gamer, aka Dusk Gollum, right? Who was a big Capcom leaker who did a lot of uh, leaking for Resident Evil Six, um, and but has since stopped uh, doing the leaking stuff. But before he did stop, he said. Or they said, I don't know, that's a heat. The most basic gist of it is Street Fighter VI was supposed to release next year, but it was not received well internally or with testers. There's this team mechanic the game was too focused on. The director, who was Ono, got demoted again and someone else put in charge to quote-unquote fix Street Fighter VI with an additional year in development, and the new season pass is to buy time for that. Yeah, and there's a long history here of Ono having a pretty rocky set of ideas ever since the massive success of Street Fighter 4. Yeah. And and it looks like this was not the, the straw that broke the camel's back, but the last straw. So although Capcom didn't fire Ono, he became another person in the long line of Capcom employees who got demoted and then just decided, hey, I'm out, I'm done. And you don't have to look too far. I don't want to blow anyone up here because it's kind of like, uh, they work for other companies now and other stuff, but you can look at major fighting game releases in, in Capcom's catalog and mm. see multiple other people that got demoted and just said, hey, I'm out. And, you know, Ono was getting up there in age. He's basically kind of retiring. Uh, he's staying around and other stuff. But, uh, yeah, it, it, this all very heavily lines up. Um, and, again, it's it's rumors and other stuff. But, yeah, you can you can take the rumors and, and kind of match them up with things you've heard, and, and they, they match up very well. Right. See, I always thought it was that sweet chin music he took to the jaw at Capcom Cup oh, last year man. that's you know, it's been putting him on the uh, the downslope. But I, I guess this could be the reason too. Man, that was such a great moment for Ono, and man, that poor guy. Like, I don't know if it was shown on stream, but I swear his back hit the the support, like the the the, the setup and whatnot they had, and he probably hurt himself a decent bit by doing that. I mean, I, I'm sure uh, Kenny Omega, you know, taught him how to fall and do all the other kind of stuff with it. But man, like that was he really did take one for the team there. I I was very impressed by it, and then. <laughs> He, he left. And like it was, well, <laughs> and, and no. we won't spend too much time on this, but there was certain, like, maybe a feeling of, is, is catharsis the word here I'm looking for? But a certain, like, the, the, the community wants to kind of smack Ono in the face sometimes. We absolutely yep. love him, but he's also mm, the source of a lot of frustrations as of late. And by as of late, I mean in the last few years following the success of Street Fighter Four. So, uh, it, I, don't, I, I don't, and you never like to see especially someone like Ono, who's got a lot of charisma and a lot good going for him, go through something like this, get kicked in the face, literally. But at the same time, um, I, as, I, as I look through all of this, and we've been kind of looking over just the, the tea leaves, essentially, that we've had about Street Fighter VI thus far, as I read through and get these details, I'm more and more encouraged that we are transitioning from, from an old place where we were doing things in an old way that had stopped working and into a new place that has a lot of potential. And man, I don't know about, I can't speak for everybody, but I'm ready to kind of move into that next chapter and see if the new stuff works. So yep. a lot of this is encouraging. And, and as I, you know, we'll get into a little bit, some of the little details that we've seen today, and then also a lot of the details that we've seen over these last couple of you know months or so have been encouraging toward that. Yeah, I, I will just say that with Ono, I don't know how much blame to lay at his feet. Definitely, I mean, as, as the head of fighting games for a long time, there's a number of things that you can do and, and say, hey, this is, you know, you should have stopped this. And that's totally fair. At the same time, 
not all the problems here were due to what Ono did, which we're actually going to get into some documented problems that definitely were not entirely Ono's fault that led to some of the decisions that were made, right? Mm -hmm. Um, It's, uh, yeah. Sure. So I'll just note that the the plans for Street Fighter V, though, to end um, in 2020 were actually made clear back in 2015. Ono flat out announced that the game would be supported through that time um and, and but the the fifth season like that was always like that was that was never a um a, a given or anything like that it's just because street fighter 6 got delayed that we actually got this fifth you know season that and it's how come like the the dan shaky cam footage and all that other kind of stuff came out there like they were not ready for this and it's basically like hey we need to keep this game on life support for lack of a better term uh keep it going here so that the community has something to play something to to keep the esports movement going Right, and and that uh, term life support for a game, by the way, is it usually means something else when you're talking about a game like this. I, I don't think that uh, it, it's inappropriate to say that Street Fighter Five is on that level, like it's it's yeah. dying and it's almost out. But you're not wrong. I, I get what you're saying. You're just like we need to stretch this out here at the end um, in a time that we didn't realize or didn't didn't foresee that we were going to have to do. Um, so let's get this to go for another year. How do we do that? Oh, and and one other thing on this particular note. Ono was talking a lot about how, before we knew what season five was, it was a lot about that new tournament mode <laughs> that we oh, still man. have no idea. And that's just further evidence that there has very clearly been an audible called here. It all makes sense. It, it all lines up. And if they even, you know, maybe they haven't directly come forward and stated this is exactly what we're doing, because why would they? Uh, that It is pretty clear that's what's going on. You know, we um, we actually reached out to Capcom about the tournament mode, and we got crickets as a response, which made, makes me wonder if that, like, they just killed it. And they're like, let's just ignore this and hope people forget about it so it goes away. <laughs> which sucks yeah. because 2020 was the year for that, if there was a year for that. Everything uh, went online, right? Yeah, Their entire right. pro tour went online. and, and uh, But, you know, it, it is what it is. It's unfortunate timing. It's calling audibles in the middle of all this chaos. Yeah. It's understandable. Yeah, so we'll see. I mean, maybe it will come out. We we don't know. You know, it's kind of random on that stuff. But they made no mention of it whatsoever in the summer update. You know, and that was where they laid out the big roadmap for the rest of the game, right? Uh, so it makes me think that they've kind of swept it under the rug and said, yeah, um, that was maybe a thing, but. Yeah, put it in Street anymore. Fighter 6. Yeah, not a bad idea, right? Hey, I tied um, it back to the theme. 10 points. I did it. <laughs> uh, I don't think Capcom has ever been keen. Let me just go back here to Street Fighter 5 of the game ever being on a single platform. And while he wasn't the only person to blame for that, Ono does have some blood on his hands here. We're not letting you out of the, the, the trap here yet, Ono. We've got some other crap to throw at you. Um, but if I you go, have banner ideas now. That- <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. Uh, if you go back and look at Capcom's stock price uh, in performance back when Street Fighter Cross Tekken was released, along with, with how much they flooded the market with fighting game releases and re-releases, you can see that Capcom as a whole was not doing well. Obviously, there are reasons for this far beyond just fighting games, uh, but fighting games also played a part. So Capcom was operating with dangerously low cash on hand uh, to to navigate their way to the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. And Sony stepped in and said, hey, we're going to fund large portions of Street Fighter V's development. We realize you can't like make the game and kind of do anything with it. Uh, but the game is going to have to be a console exclusive. And Capcom's like, the choice is either we don't make Street Fighter V or it's console exclusive Sony, give us your money. We'll 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 do this for you. 
And, and back then, Capcom legitimately outright said multiple times the game would not exist without Sony's help. They were not lying about that. This was literally Sony came in and said, we will help you create this game. We'll get it done. And they did because Capcom was in dire straits financially because of a bunch of, of very poorly managed moves, not just fighting games. It was, you know, Devil May Cry. It was Res Resident Evil. This was not a good time for the company and how it was ran. back. Now, then. I think it's specific or it's, it's worth clarifying here because you're saying around the time of, of Cross Tekken and the first place my mind goes is, wait, didn't they just release the uh, mega super revitalizing to the fighting game community Street Fighter 4 and that sold, uh, what is it, like 6 million copies or is it 9 million copies? On it? And then uh, Marvel vs. Capcom 3 was doing its thing there. Now maybe that wasn't turning the you know everything golden for them but it, certainly there was a lot of success there. You're talking about a uh, chapter after all that though, right? Yeah, actually people people look at Marvel 3 as this like giant golden success and it really was not. The, the game, like keep in mind they released ultimate like six seven months later or whatever uh and the sales were really poor initially uh even though the game was like you know reduced price uh had all this other kind of stuff it did not do well it was over time that the game picked up and actually street you know, clout sure because it was a success amongst the competitive community in a massive way Yes. But that's still a niche. Audience. Yeah, you would actually go into stores and you would see uh, after like, you know, six months after Ultimate had come out, you would actually see the vanilla version of, of Marvel 3 on sale because that version had so grossly out, outsold the other one. I think it was like, you know, two to one or something like that. It was like 2.5 million sales on the original vanilla Marvel <laughs> 3 to like 1.1 on the, the version for the PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360. Mm. So, but again, over time, Marvel 3 did take off and become a success, a success. But at the time, Capcom was very disappointed with that. Then Cross Tekken was a disappointment. Uh, they flooded the market with re-releases. Um, Street Fighter 4 was a huge success, but Street Fighter 4 had come three or four years before then. Right? Okay, like, so they got this huge mountain of cash maybe from Street Fighter yes. 4 and then ended up taking a whole bunch of chances with said mountain of cash and ending up into this giant divot, uh, a cashless divot, if you will, yeah, after... It, some of these moves. And again, blaming that all on Ono and the fighting games would be ridiculous. That's not the case. It was the company was mismanaged pretty heavily to the point where their investors uh, actually voted not to uh, allow basically a, a hostile takeover of their company and basically removing their leadership if someone wanted to step in and buy it. Uh, and, you know, I mean, if if this happened now, like Microsoft would probably be stepping in and buying them. That's another rumor we're hearing, not specifically with Capcom, but that Microsoft is looking at one. We already know they bought, you know, Bethesda, Zenimax. Um, they are looking at buying uh, Japanese development studios for, you know, video game development. And, you know, Capcom is one of the big IP holders. So it is possible that they will look at them. But Capcom is a much stronger company than they used to be. And with that, there's no reason to make that their console games exclusive anymore. We saw it with Marvel Infinite. We've seen it with other titles. It's like they're going to release them on every platform they can. Um, plus, Capcom has mentioned esports about 100 times every single time they update their <laughs> investor relation page. They've hired a bunch of new people to flesh out this department. And I, I do not use that word uh like lightly or whatever, legitimate esports department. They have a whole uh, spinoff of esports um, company now. Um, and so this is not something that Capcom's like, oh yeah, esports is kind of whatever. This is a huge movement in their company. And how many esports titles do they have currently? One. <laughs> they have one. Uh, so for esports games, you want as many people playing your games on as many different ways as possible. So console exclusives just do not make sense. Uh, so again, so when we hear the rumors uh, of that Street Fighter Five is going or Street Fighter Six is going to be on as many you know uh, platforms, console platforms as it probably can get it on, it makes a ton of sense. 
Plus, you have you know stuff like crossplay, which should be a priority. Uh, I'm not positive it will be, but it should be. And I look at something like Mortal Kombat 11, it has crossplay between both consoles. I can't see Capcom looking at one of their direct competitors in NRS and saying, hey, you know what's okay? We just won't have crossplay between our consoles and stuff. If it's possible to do it, I think they're going to. And I think the whole community would see it as a pretty big step back if crossplay was not a thing with Street Fighter VI. Oh, I think it's almost already a, an unpardonable sin for a new game like this to come out without crossplay, uh, it will most definitely be an unpardonable, um, unpardonable sin if everybody else has crossplay and they don't. And and like you're saying, already Mortal Kombat 11, which is a PS4 generation title, has it. Uh, it it's it's almost an expectation, and it will be a solidified expectation if people start to do it. If other companies and and, and other games are doing it, if Capcom goes out there and doesn't have it. Uh, well, first of all, that wouldn't be all surprising to me if it's traditional Capcom because they've done that kind of a thing before. But in recent times, they have been paying attention. They have been leveling up. Uh, I would be surprised if if they pulled something like that, and it would probably kill the game. There's a, there's a decent chance it could kill the game right off the bat if they yeah. made a move like that. Yeah, I, I, there are certain companies that can get away with this in the FGC, uh, but I think that that time is ending. Uh, I think the lack of rollback code, if you try to launch a, a game now without rollback code, certainly a 2D fighter, I, I think that you're just going to get nailed to the wall. Um, but uh, I, I, the 3D fighting game community and a few other ones, like I, I don't know, it, it, it's a little bit different. Um, but uh, I, I think especially in the case with Capcom, like, there's just certain things that we're kind of expecting at this point mm -hmm. uh, and demanding at this point. And, and, and where I, will I expectations be in a year or t a year and a half exactly. when this game is going to launch, you know? Yeah. So... Yeah, and so Capcom is really held to a different standard. Again, people want to, you know, crap on Capcom and say, like, you know, they're this and they're that. Well, they're the gold standard in our community. I don't care what you're doing, not in every way, shape, or form, but I'm saying in a lot of ways they are the torchbearers for, um, you know, they were the first people with rollback code in a AAA game. You know, they're the first people that launched an eSports uh, Pro League and all this other kind of stuff. Like, that was, you know, on the scale and size that they had, right? Mm -hmm. I, they, they really do carry the torch for a lot of people in our community. So so it, it, they are under a microscope with the decisions and choices that they make that few other companies are. Um, and, you know, so just kind of how it is. Um, but uh, to, to finish up here, I, I spoke with a few Capcom employees about Street Fighter V a little ways back. And the general attitude about the game was that it had served its purpose and they were content with it. They're not thrilled with it, but they were okay that it kind of did its job and kind of got them through this portion of their life, right? Like, it, it's like, it did it, right? Um, so... They, they felt heavily that the game was near the end of its lifespan, and this was a bit under a year ago. This was before the next season even got announced. They probably knew about it back then, uh, probably just weren't tipping their hand, but th this is a general consensus. Like They're, they're very comfortable with moving off of this game, right? Um, it, it, it's just, I, I'm, I love this game. You know, it, I'm, I'm... Really? Yeah, I, I legitimately love Street Fighter V, um, uh, but I also can see like you know that it, it's it's really getting close to the end here, uh, and it just it, there's so many things that kind of add up here, and that's it's why we we are taking these rumors so heavily at face value. I'm not saying 100% of what we're saying is going to come true and all this other kind of stuff, but just it's why we're backing this rumor so heavily because it matches up with a lot of behind the scenes details and our other common sense that we know of, of Capcom being creatures of habit that we think is coming. I have a question. 
when this news broke, there was a lot of discussion going on in the uh, in our event hubs chats and whatnot. And I was not on the clock, but I, I jumped in on my phone to s- sort of see what was up and, and and get an idea of what was going on and such. And I uh, I noticed uh, Dakota, who's a little I think more tech savvy than I am, brought up the idea that people might have some hesitation about this being available on the previous gen consoles that being playstation 4 xbox one um, something about designing a game to to work on these previous consoles might hold it back at some capacity and that's about the extent of my very basic understanding of why this might be a problem but uh, do you think that there's any legitimacy there that people might be kind of like oh I'm, I'm, i'm hoping this not you know designed to play on these previous consoles or is that really not a thing it's a thing, but how much of a thing is it? Like, if you look at Cyberpunk 2077, like, you can see some of the next generation features they have on there, and it looks great. And yeah, our game's going to look better in like a year or two. Yeah, but that's a year or two of extra development those games have had, getting used to the new hardware, all that other kind of stuff. So there's definitely truth to people who fear that, but I, it, the devil's in the details on that one for sure. Mm-hmm. And, and like, what are some of the things it, just that, to design something on the PlayStation 4 would mean you'd have to hold it back from potential on PS5. I mean, I, we don't need yeah. to spend too much time getting into that, but I just, like, that was interesting to me to the point where I'm still remembering it, so we're going to talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, an easy way of thinking of it is, as everyone's familiar with the SSD on the new um, on the new uh, next-generation consoles, how big of an improvement that is, right? Uh-huh. Well, that does open the door for, like, how quickly, like, maybe you are, how big, like, maybe a level would be. I don't know how, like, the equivalent for a fighting game, you know, um, but, like, talking like a shooter game, um, you might be able to do much more of an open-world environment where you just have this huge, beautiful landscape um, that you can kind of scroll through instantly where if you are factoring in development for the previous generation, maybe you can't do that kind of loading without having like massive issues. And so maybe that's a feature you just don't do. Well, because I'm um, thinking about PS4 and how Street Fighter Five runs at like <laughs> 80% capacity on PS4 and it was designed for it. If we have a PS5 title running on PS4, uh, can you imagine or would you imagine that Street Fighter 6 might be way worse now it might be way better because some of the the infrastructure that they designed for you know the game and the netcode and stuff maybe they're way ahead and that was where the main issue was but if it's struggling to run well on PS5 compared or PS4 compared to PC I can only imagine it would be um, even more difficult to run a bigger beefier game on that same console yeah, it's it's going to have like basically I, I think that it's going to be legacy support and it's kind of like when you play a game on PC that you don't meet the, the requirements to play or the recommended uh-huh. you're going to have a kind of a janky experience right sure and and I think that I think that's pretty much going to be what it's like playing Street Fighter 6 on the PlayStation 4 or Xbox One, especially the Xbox One, I would assume. Um, and yes, you can do it. And yeah, it's fine. I mean, if you don't mind some jank, you're good to go. And mm-hmm. and, and that's more of all I can see. But yeah, there there might be some stuff there like, yeah, if we're going to support these other consoles, we just can't include this. Uh, I mean, that can be a thing that happens. But the devil, like I said, is in the details. It's hard to know unless you're you know directly talking with the developers. And, and then with a fighting game, I'm not 100 percent sure where those limitations would come in at uh, because the way fighting games are scoped and structured they're kind of like 
they're kind of a well-defined genre, right? Like it's like, okay, sure. it's two characters, 2D play and all this kind of stuff. So uh, I don't know how much like innovation and other things are going to come from, from these at, at this point. I actually have some issue with that because I was trying to describe fighting games to uh, my fiance the other day, the particulars of like why a, why a wrestling game isn't a fighting game or stuff like that. <laughs> and there's like a ton of games that involve just fighting and it's like, that's not a fighting game. Like, well, why not? Is Smash a fighting game? And I was like, don't say that too loud. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but that makes a lot of sense. And and uh, for for me, like I won't be playing Street Fighter VI on PS4, but if there's cross-platform, cross-generation, cross-tech and play for all of this stuff, then I'm like, well, maybe I should be worried that I'm going to run into these people that are playing on that and it'll be a bad you know connection or whatever. But there are already filters in line for yeah. that. I mean, I already filter out PS4 players from playing on, on PC. <laughs> oh, no. I, I put that filter down the other day. I realized I was I was getting my butt kicked by a, a laggy Ed, and I realized it was a PS4 con- connection. I was like, oh, why do I still have that enabled? I've talked so much smack about this, and like, I'm being a hypocrite right now. So uh, so I really don't foresee there being an issue there. But like I said, it, it piqued my interest. I wanted to know more about it. There we go. Oh, man. PS4 <laughs> users. Uh, we're just putting out, if you own like a current generation console, not the next gen ones, I guess you just suck, right? That's that's what we're saying here on the Event Hubs podcast. Dude, I just I have... bash the Xbox One people <laughs> and now you got the PS4 people. You better upgrade to PC or next generation consoles or you're the worst person alive. I Sorry about that. two dusty ass PS4s. One is sitting next to me. It's my friend Tyler's because he doesn't use it ever. He brought it over once to play Rock Band. He's like, hey, can I just leave this here? And, and, and it's literally just sitting here in my office unplugged collecting dust and then my ps4 we still use but really just to watch netflix or, or hulu and occasionally play some fall guys when i want to unwind at the end of the day and get second place at something so uh but but really like if that's not the <laughs> kind of a statement two dusty ps4s sitting around my house seldom being used yeah uh there was an article on kotaku the other day and it, it was like the headline was like goodbye xbox one you're the most like worthless console I've ever owned. And I linked it up in our, our event hubs chat and I like, I uh, put it over to Justin adaptive trigger. And I'm like, did you write this headline? Like, is this you, you know, kind of thing? Cause he hates his Xbox one that he bought. It's like, he's like, this is the ultimate paperweight I've ever purchased. Cause I've never played on the damn thing. And, and it just, this Dude, previous generation, I'm, I'm not going to be sad to see it go. There's a, so. uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. That, I mean, I really like the 360, man. I can tell you, I had a lot of a lot of fond hours and memories on the 360. But uh, shout outs to World Eight, um, that which was or is I haven't heard any news on them for a while. But they are a, uh, an, a independent um, fighting or not fighting game gaming store in LA, and they were really legit and they had a lot of personality and character to them. So I hope you guys are doing all right out there in these uh, trying times. But they, I remember going to like a few tournaments there and uh, they would use an original Xbox as a doorstop, legitimately. Like the door was propped open to the back and it was, a li- I was like, and I didn't have an Xbox. Um, I, I mean, I'd seen them before. It was like, is, I, I didn't recognize it at first. Like that looks a, a little complicated for a doorstop. And then I bend down and, I, and the guys that was working there is like, oh yeah, that's an Xbox. I'm like, that's, that's legit. Cause that's really putting your money where your mouth is. Like I really am going to make this statement that this is a trash console at this point it really is a paperweight in this case a, a doorstop but i challenge adaptive trigger to uh to do the same with his xbox one if he really hates it so much <laughs> gotcha <laughs> all right so moving on here um i, I do want to talk about covid19 but i actually want to give positive news about it um and again this is not to make light of anyone who's who's suffering from this or have lost loved ones uh, we all know people that have been through that um and, and it's awful 
And I, I, I just don't want to focus on that because it's like it's pretty rough news out there right now. We're understanding what's going on. But uh, on the positive end of things, I think we're seeing a timeline for the the COVID-19 just completely destroying the FGC in terms of uh, offline events and other things. We have two vaccines right now, which are supposed to be about 90% or more effective in preventing COVID-19. Uh, plus, one of them is said to be, uh, grant like a year of immunity from the, the virus. Uh, just to give this comparison here, flu vaccines only have about six months uh, of immunity from it, and then they offer like 40 to 60% effectiveness in terms of what it does. So this is much more effective than a flu vaccine, uh, but unfortunately the COVID-19 vaccine is two doses and they have to be taken about a month apart. And then there's some other you know issues and stuff with it, uh, but then you're inoculated at least to some degree from the, uh, the virus. So already places like Ticketmaster. Oh, go ahead. Okay, so there's there are two, and then one. It might be way better, as in like it, it gives you more immunity. Is that like the the pre-order version or? The two versions right now um, are 90 to 95 percent effective. Uh, one's 90, one's 95. Uh, they're both highly effective at preventing COVID. Okay. So, and but the flu virus, uh, if I didn't say it correctly, is about um, the flu um, uh, vaccine right now. Most of the ones that you take, like you get them, you know, at Safeway or wherever you go, they're 40 to 60 percent effective. Mm-hmm. So they're they're and they last for about six months. So the, the COVID vaccine is is 90 to 95, and it lasts for about a year. But you have to get it in about two doses. Mm. So, fair enough. Yeah, um, it's pretty darn good news. So already places like Ticketmaster are looking at having people who have gotten the vaccine have an app on their cell phone uh, so they can show up to events, which is something we've talked about here before, where it's like, hey, you got a cell phone app. It just kind of verifies that you've had either the vaccine or you're, you know you don't have COVID or whatever. Um, it's very unlikely that FGC events and other things are going to pick up at the capacities approaches that they had previously. We're probably looking at events at like 50% attendance numbers or something, sure. but I think prices are going to be heavily reduced to encourage people to get back to these events too. Uh, the bottom line is that these venue owners and entertainers, uh, they're earning basically no money right now, pretty much. And so getting some money to stop the bleeding uh, is going to be a very big deal for them. And that means they might offer highly competitive rates for events and travel and stuff just to get people back in the door again it's better to make some money than no money at all right absolutely Um, so i think we're looking at about late spring or summer times before we start seeing fgc events return and i again it's going to be like probably 50 percent capacity it's going to be a lot of people who got the vaccine um are you know like have proven they're not sick and other stuff like that it's not going to be is easy peasy as it was before um but this is a big deal because so many of us are concerned about our survival right now. We're not having fun and enjoying fighting games. We're doing everything we can just to get by. And the FGC is an entertainment thing. It's not anything we need, but it's something we want. And that brings people a lot of joy, stress relief, and other benefits, right? It's a freaking badass community. And yes, I'm hella biased, but it is. This community is freaking awesome. That said, it has to take a backseat when we're talking about just kind of getting through a pandemic here. And I think we're going to see a lot of, of legit signs of things turning around right now. Uh, it's just going to take a bit more. So look at this as slow and steady progress, I think. You know, once 2020 ends, uh, I think, you know, we're, we're going to see even more signs of stuff. It, it's, man, I can't wait for this year to end. It's going to be wonderful just the clock turning, right? Just to know 2020 is over. But also all signs are pointing towards us figuring out things and improving a little bit over time. You know? I, and, yeah. yeah, when you say that you were probably going to see reduced prices and essentially incentivizing people to come come out and do the things right and 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 actually brave the the outside world if you're in a position to be able to do that and and spend a little bit of your money so we can start to you know get the flow back 
You know, uh, um, I, I like that because I remember specifically back just after 2008, and there was that big old crash, if you're old enough to remember. And, um, and a lot of places seem to like double down. Like it just was like even more expensive because they're bleeding money and they need to make it up. And of all places, I specifically recall that was around the time when Subway did their $5 foot long uh, yep. uh, promo. And hot damn, Subway went from, well, I don't remember what they were before. I didn't take it into account. But I knew that I was going to Subway a lot more. And I don't even like Subway. And I know they're like your favorite, and that's totally fine. You're, you're total, I, you can be wrong if you want. You're insulting Street Fighter Five, and now you're insulting Subway. I'm... Yeah. If I could, I want to figure out a way to wrap those up into one and uh, and and say you know two birds one stone here, uh, but no, I mean Subway's it's fine and their cookies are super legit and some of their sandwiches are pretty legit. Anyways, on topic here, they went for the the deals and everybody, including me, started going to Subway all the damn time. Uh, they they flourished and I don't know if this is still the case because I looked it up a few years ago when I was living in L.A. But Subway was like by far the most like the, there were the most. Um, uh, subways like there were like 400 in the area that I lived in and, and like just LA it was something ridiculous like that and I think McDonald's will still have them beat but uh, they had so many locations and whatnot and and uh, anyways that was an example of people or uh, like a business really opening the door for when people were financially hurting and like they just seemed to flourish now I'm not yeah. an economist and I'm not some financial expert or anything like that but I saw that and I'm like yeah that that's that's an example of, of what you want to do when you get to this window after this very um, taxing time. Last night, I went and met my uh, family at a place, a little local place called Brother John's, who has just recently opened up in the last couple of months or so, and we were talking to the Great owner. Name. Yeah, his name was John. It's with an H, so again, yeah. he spelled it correctly. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to get fired after today. <laughs> I know, it's, it's uh, all good, man. Yeah. Let's keep digging that hole. You can't even, like, I'm really disappointed that you didn't come up with the Street Fighter $5 foot long. Street Fighter five dollar foot. It. I'm gonna get a Rashid voice. Yeah, it's, it's not it's bad. Great. Yeah, it's anyway. No, I would never. I would never put the Rashid thing after that. that that's a, that's a smart. That was a good one. I appreciate it. Ten, ten points. I did it. Anyways, went to Brother John's, and they do two dollar beers on uh, on Tuesday Ooh. evenings. Right? We should do that when you come out for the wedding. Anyways, for sure. uh, $2 beers. And uh, it was like, wow, this is... And, and I was talking to uh, John about how business is going because it's, it's a nice place and I'm, I'm hoping that they do well. And he's like, we're just barely keeping our, our head above water. Yeah. But uh, when I went in there, I was like, I will come back here for multiple reasons. One of the reasons is, hey, $2 beers nowadays, especially for you guys living in California, like it's like $15 beers out there. But uh, I lost sight of that kind of a thing. But we are seeing those kinds of deals and they are massively motivating uh, as a consumer. Like I, when, when someone does it right, they'll get me to go to Subway. They'll get me to go back to this place. And I don't even really love beer that much. I don't drink very much beer, but I'll take a friend and go back there, you know, and chill and hang. And, and, and so, uh, yes, I can see the beginnings of those kinds of moves. And I don't know exactly what that might look like in the FGC side of things, because the big expenses there are maybe like hotel rates and, and like flights and things along those lines. And maybe it's like mm -hmm. $25 instead of 50 to enter. I'm, I'm not sure, but that will be incredibly encouraging once you start to see the FGC incentivizing people to come back out. And, and that's obviously what you were kind of pointing at with this whole thing. So now my, that's on my radar. I'm like, I'm looking for those examples because when you see that, it's usually a good thing for the, for the, um, I guess the entity that's doing it.
Yeah, the classic saying is when one door closes, another opens. And we've felt it very heavily here on Event Hubs. We have definitely not been immune to, to what COVID-19 has done. Um, and it's been hard. It's been very hard. But, you know, we're thankfully surviving uh, right now, you know, a knock on wood. Um, but, you know, it, it's going to be great to kind of rebuild the FGC a little bit, restructure other stuff. Um, obviously, don't need to rebuild the entire thing, but kind of, you know, come back with a bang here and, and with some new things. Uh, it's going to be a little interesting at first, but, you know, I think also a lot of people are very much itching to go back to the event. I know I am. I just love to go to one just to be back at an event again. Now, it's yeah, pretty- you don't normally go out. I mean, you got, you got your, your whole family man thing and running this website and all that stuff. So I, I know that you don't attend events as much as you used to say for like, you know, when we would go to Calcon Cup and that would be like the big thing that you that you do in the way of FGC events but would you just go to the next you know NCR or whatever's nearby you once this all NCR. opens up yeah, I try to go to it um, whenever I can. It's just, it really depends on, you know, time and opportunity. But like Capcom Cup and like the trade shows are always big ones I go to. Like yeah. E3, um, you know, it's, uh, I, I usually hang more on the developer side of things um, to talk to Capcom and, and the other developers that are there. Uh, but I also love, you know, running into my FGC buddies and all that kind of stuff too. So it's just, it, it, it's hard to go like a really long time without doing that, right? And it feels mm-hmm. like it's, I know it hasn't been that long, but it feels like it's been a long time. I, I think just because of the nature of our environment. And so I, I'm really hoping that there's a lot of people kind of jump back into the FGC just because like they feel that itch. And it's just like there, there's only a couple ways to scratch it, right? And like one of them is going to a, a tournament. Um, and and I, I hope a lot of people, even if, um, um, they've never been to a tournament like just going is a great experience if you can afford it like even go to your locals or even go to like you know any any tournament with 20 people or more is great it's a wonderful experience um if you can find you know the, the right you know people and other stuff like uh um yeah so go i gotta try say it, going to a 19 person tournament sucks though so <laughs> if you're right on the cusp don't go in until you're sure that everyone shows up because 19 exactly. people tournament that's just the worst the buys are all <laughs> weird and stuff no i wanted to tack on to this that um, uh, for for us here locally, I, I've I haven't been going to big old majors as much, but I, I, I love it when we have uh, we would usually do like a monthly uh, event here in Tucson, and sometimes there would be ones up in Phoenix, which is our rivals, and they eat buggers by the way. They're about an hour and a half north from us here. But anyways, we would have these events on a uh, on like usually a monthly basis or so, and I find myself when I think about getting back to normal and we talk about this, that's the thing that I'm hoping to to be able to do yeah. just to go see the guys and the girls. There's a handful of girls that come through too and that's exciting uh and and like just meet mingle with the people do the competition talk the smack make the booger eating comments all of that stuff and we've been sort of attempting to do something and and i bring this up because you can see the motivations the itchiness to to get out and do something and everyone's Mm -hmm. pretty respectful here of the whole uh, COVID thing. We're not taking too many chances and such. But so what we've done is we've gone online and we've been having every other weekend this Phoenix versus Tucson exhibition battles online where you, know, you will we'll test the connections and make sure it's all good and then have like an undercard and an overcard exhibition where everyone can jump in the chat and watch and get behind and comment and stuff and you know do salty bison dollar bets and things along those lines. Uh, we, we've had that too. And that's only started in the last few months. So it's there is that drive. There is that, okay, well, let's do whatever we can with what we have in front of us right now and hopefully move toward getting back to normal whenever that can or some semblance of normal whenever we can. Um, but but yes, there is that ruff, that ruffling, that shaking around, that itch to, to start doing stuff. And yeah, um, yeah I'm excited. It, it's, it, you, everyone knows I'm an online warrior, but we went and played, I think it was a 
the Capcom Cup, the last one that we went to, um, you and Dream Team were there, and I was playing a match. Uh, in, Is this at the Red Bull event or the, at Capcom uh, Cup? I, it was uh, the LCQ at the Capcom. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so um, anyway, I, I'm playing and, and John and, and Dream King are, are giving me advice and other stuff. And they're really throwing me off. And, and I'm like, guys, <laughs> I love you. I'm like, but shh, like, quiet. Like, I can't focus on other stuff. And, and thank goodness, both guys like, you know, just like, you know, calmed and, and chilled out and stuff. And I won my match. But afterwards, they were giving me crap. And whatnot. Oh, yeah. like John jumped in. And he's like, dude, one of my friends did that one time. Oh, it was and Chris like, T. Oh, okay. You're gonna put on blast. It's fine. I was Chris gonna, I was T gonna, at Wednesday night. Okay. Oh, all forever, yeah, forever. Yeah, do it. Do it. Tell the story, man. He Go turns ahead. around. Okay, it's like it's like you know when when basketball players are shooting free throws, everyone gets really quiet and doesn't like hit those noisemakers right behind them where you can see through the glass of the uh, of the backboard and everything. Like everyone gets incredibly noisy, both on their team and against them, to try to you know just just embrace the hype of the moment. Chris T turned around one time to Driftwood when he was playing on stream at Wednesday night fights and shushed us because we were being goofy and loud and stuff and then so the for the entire rest of the night every time christy was playing we just went up and made sure to really loudly shush everybody while he was playing around him <laughs> as loud as we could as close to his ear as possible because he, don't be a biker is, is what it comes down to <laughs> so uh you just called me a biker that's cool that's understood i, I um but anyway no, I, I, did... I was talking to chris t God, yeah i would yeah. never call you one boss gosh <laughs> anyway um but uh, it, it's those those moments there, like, you know, I play online all the time, but those little moments that happen and like how much we laughed about it afterwards and just how goofy it was and stuff. And then we remember uh, Dream King playing G and doing V Trigger 2 and just doing his bull crap command grab shenanigans. Both you and I are watching like over Dream King's shoulder and stuff. And he does the V Trigger 2 command grab on someone like that, that just dumb setup that works every time. And you and I looked at each other and just started laughing. Like it just like, oh, he got him, you know, kind of thing. And there, there's a magic here with the offline stuff that it's just going to be so nice to have back. And I'm also, yeah, it, damn, I, I can't wait. It's going to be great. So, <laughs> It absolutely is missing. There's something about the lag time of talking smack in the chat yes. and <laughs> see when the people respond and the other people. It's yeah. just, it doesn't have the same magic. So yeah. you're, you're 100% right. It's coming back, you know, and, and with some new flavors. And if you play online and other stuff, like it's still, that's magical too in its own ways, you know. Mm -hmm. um, uh, not if you play on PS4, apparently, but if you, <laughs> sorry, I better move along before I get into some more trouble here. Uh, let's talk about Punk's tier list because <laughs> okay. you and I, you and I both know that whenever we talk about jury on the website or on the podcast, there's like 50 jury players and like we don't even have 50 people who listen to our podcast but there's like 50 jury <laughs> people who come out of the, come out of nowhere and they're like how dare you say that jury is good well punk has jury in the same you know tier area as armika balrog and kage which was interesting to me because so you know the the jury players out there that are that are pissed off about this well you can go hit up punk now because he also seems to think that jury is a bit underrated mm-hmm yeah, the character has... Okay, it, she's not the best, for sure, okay? At the same time, uh, she's... Her neutral, uh, her horizontal, I should say, play... Let's play. 
is something that you have to care about a lot. And yep. and she can she can punish a lot of things that other characters can't punish. And she has these weird movements and stuff. I'm not saying that she's easy. I'm not saying that she's top tier. But to say that you know she she doesn't have anything or she can't get the job done, it's like get out of here with that. She has to play honest. And in this game, that means you're you're kind of already starting pretty far behind. I'll give you that for sure. But you can't write Jury off. Jury is not a free win. You know, don't talk don't talk about Jury as though she's a free win. By far, she's not. She's got some crazy movement options. Options. she can surprise you she can dole out the damage she's got like she's got b's you know like across the board maybe some maybe some a's and maybe some c's and stuff but she's got a lot of b's and that's that's something to uh to worry about if you're fighting her yeah i definitely don't agree with b's across the board but you know the b's and c's sure i'll, I'll go with that and that that puts her on the lower end of the tier list um but again you're seeing people like punk who's extremely good at this game also saying like hey she's not that bad right she's she's something right so um i do think the community though is sleeping a good bit on gil um punk had him almost at the very bottom of the list and i've seen other people do that as well he's not that bad we both play against him a lot because of dream king and i think gil is one of those characters capcom is likely going to overbuff here in the next patch which is coming very soon and i think gil might end up being the best character in the game are very high up uh he's Gil is coming for you, and Gil's gonna put a freaking hurt on you. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that, people, but he's people. Yeah. Well, what are they? What are the specific reasons why people say he's bad? Like I've heard that his frame data is just terrible, or something along those lines. And I hear from Dream King that this isn't an argument from Dream King saying that he's like the worst character or anything like that. But he'll often talk about how Gil has to earn everything that he gets. And yeah, of course, like I said, with Jury, if if you're honest in this game, you're starting behind. Sure. But uh, that doesn't seem to be legitimacy for putting him all the way down in the D tier. And that's what so many people do. And by D, that's the lowest on Punk's list. And he's bottom four here. Yeah, I don't so get it. One of, the, one of the things I hear over and over and over again is that Gil's anti-airs are really bad. How, what do you feel about that statement, John? How do you feel I about had that? a, well, remember I was talking about how I had all this idea for a, a totally different segment. And then we got the Street Fighter Six stuff. We'll, that We'll address that later. But... Um, like on a future podcast, I'm sure. But jump, like jumping in on Dream King isn't a thing. <laughs> it's like his first of all, his up fireballs are a big thing, and in Dream King's particularly good at, at manipulating you into jumping or, or knowing when you're going to do that and getting you with that. His crouching fierce punch is one of the best ways into combos as an anti-air. Because yeah. you do that into an EX fireball, and that sets up retribution. And then, depending on how much meter, it's like <laughs> good luck. You're you're going, you're heading towards the corner. You're losing a lot of life, and you're probably getting a Oki set up once he's done here. Um, so, and and then he's still got the parry to be weird about jumping. So even when you get a jump in, sometimes you're like, well, do I hit the button, or is he going to parry me and then hit me on my way in? Uh, the character doesn't have the best anti-airs in the game. He doesn't have a, a straight-up DP. But to say that he's got bad anti-airs, it's like, no, man. It's 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 not bad. It's not like Karen bad. It's not those those are the guys with bad anti-airs to the point that it like legitimately affects their game. I think, sure, it's going to affect Gil's game a little bit, but man, I count... Oh, so anyways, what I was going to say with the whole thing that I had planned before was specifically how hard it is to get a jump in on Dream King, and the few Mm -hmm. times that it does happen was where I was going to actually insert all that other stuff, and we'll do it another time. 
but it 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 never happens. Is yeah. my point. <laughs> it's Dream Kings and Tears to give them a lot of credit here. They're really strong, but I also think people have not put enough time in to get good with Gil's anti-airs. I hear a lot of people complaining about it. It's like, yeah, he's a he's a character. He's very technical. He takes a lot of work, so you really have to know your stuff to play him. But it doesn't mean it's not possible to do it. And that's a come. I I talk about this being potentially the number one character because this is Capcom's history where they have a character who's kind of beneath the radar for a lot of people and they over buff him. And I, I really would not be shocked if there was like odds where I could put like, you know, a couple hundred bucks on Gil being a number one character or like top five next season. I would do it because I'm pretty sure like it, there's a great chance of it happening. Um, but anyway, so moving on, uh, Zangief was also second to last in Punk's tier list. Now, this is very surprising for me because we've seen Geef up there in the top 10 in a number of people's list, but other people have them as very low like Punk did. And that to me, again, it illustrates how polarizing this character is. Some people feel he's great, others have him really bad. You can probably spit, split the difference and say he's mid-tier. Uh, I, I really think that's kind of like the decisive point here that we can put with Geef is like, if half the people are saying he's great and half the people are saying he's terrible, he's probably somewhere in the middle. I think that makes sense, mathematically. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, and so we just had a, a Cody player win a CPT event, and he's in the same listing as people like Balrog and Armika. Smug won a CPT event with with Balrog, and then uh, Mika has been a threat this entire season. Still, like you still see her up in top eights and other places doing quite well. She hasn't won a CPT event, but very few you know people are winning those. Right there, there's only a handful to win, mm -hmm. uh, and, and and so Punk actually has Cody in the same tier as those other characters, and and where I'm going with this is. We're seeing levels of parity and balance I don't think we've seen in the other seasons of Street Fighter V. Akuma is still a damn sore thumb. In, in this tier list, you know, um, uh, Punk also said he's number one, right? And pretty much everyone is placing Akuma at number one. If you don't have him there, I, I want to know what your reasons are. Um, Akuma is just a freaking dumb character as he's currently constructed, yeah. and this is something that we've been preaching since the very start of the year, right? But back on topic, we're seeing quite a bit of quality characters in the mix, I think. I think even people who are listed as mid-tiers currently are threats to win tournaments, are flat-out winning tournaments, and it does remind me of the early days of Ultra Street Fighter 4. I think balance-wise, this game is in a pretty solid spot. It's definitely not perfect, but fairly solid, and I'm really looking forward to kind of what they do with the game going forward this, uh, it's almost like these tier lists don't give you a ton of information anymore because of how varied they tend to be you know mm -hmm. um like jury like you're saying jury's in the same category as cody is in the same category as mika is in the same category as balrog and, and like sakura she won evo japan you know, Kage yep. has been been highlighted as one of those characters that could potentially rise really far up the tier list, but didn't really seem to do so. Chun Li, same kind of boat. And then, but I'm not so sure Chun didn't. And a lot of people put her way up on top. The, the, these tier lists, with the exception of a few characters, like Alex is almost always the very last one or in the very you know bottom five. Akuma's always up there. Urian's always up there. Um, but yeah, it's it's just total chaos, which I guess what you're saying is that it's a good thing, and, and yeah, probably, uh, but I don't know. I don't know what to do with Zangief. <laughs> I don't know what to do with a lot of these characters, and, and I think a big part of that is, like what we talked about so many times at the beginning of the year, because we haven't had as many instances uh, of, of competitive play to, to go off of, and I think a lot of people are still not using uh, the results of an online event as the same that they would with an offline event. Um, there's that in the mix, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of question marks surrounding this right now. 
Yeah, I mean, but I, I just look at the balance of this game, and I mean, do you see this as being completely removed from where Ultra Street Fighter 4 was, um, at least like the initial release of Ultra Street Fighter 4? Like, timeline-wise, it doesn't match up perfectly. Street Fighter 4 had a lot more time um, than Street Fighter 5 is going to get, but like comparatively, if you look at Street Fighter 5 right now and compare that to Ultra Street Fighter 4, balance-wise, do you do you think they're in the same ballpark? I can, I can definitely draw a lot of similarities. A lot of, like, these... Well, in Street Fighter 4, there was a couple characters that might have been the absolute best. Um, that was like Evil Ryu and, and Yun was up there. And, and those are the first two that come to mind, at least. And then Elena, not the best, but she was kind of like the sore thumb, weird side top tier or top top pocket tier or something like that. Um, but, you know, I, I go back to just even last season. Uh, of Street Fighter V, it felt like we were talking, we, were, we weren't so sure. We had those similar kind of conversations a couple of times where we said things along the lines of, yeah, well, this person thinks, or like the, the variation in all of the different tier lists that are coming out, the only thing that is being concluded here is that we're just not sure. And again, mm-hmm. by this line of logic, that that means, well, maybe things are fairly balanced if we can't really come to any kind of an agreement. I, I just want to jump in on that. That's actually something Cobblefine told us way back in the day with um, Ultra Street Fighter 4. One of their main goals was to make it ambiguous who the best characters were as much mm-hmm. as they can. And I do think that, especially holding up Ultra Street Fighter 4 is pretty much a gold standard for Capcom fighting game balance. That is probably the best balanced fighting game Capcom has done since the Street Fighter 2 era. At least off the top of my head, that, that would be the case. Um, it was hard to it, identify the, the worst characters, too, because people were like, well, maybe it's DJ, maybe it's Dan, maybe it's Hakan. And, and a lot of those you know characters took turns, uh, depending on who you were talking to or, or when you were talking to them, uh, being amongst the worst. And I even remember uh, talking to Brent, who stayed playing a lot of Street Fighter 4 after uh, Street Fighter 5 came out and following all that and then like the he, he was mentioning that like the Japanese uh, players had decided that DJ was actually like way better than uh, than he was and that they'd found out new tech and stuff and they needed like substantially climbed tier lists and such and so like it wasn't even figured out at that point um, yeah. but you know further to your point there yeah and, and so I, I you talked about the subway five dollar foot long and you go to subway now and i don't know I, I, I think there's a few now. of them that they offer with that but it, it, it's pretty much like it's gone and so no one appreciated that the the five dollar foot long until it was gone oh i right? appreciated well, the hell out of it while it was there man i had many a foot longs at the time but uh <laughs> yes. yeah but you know it, it, very few people are lamenting it until it you know disappeared sure. right and and you and same thing, I, I do wonder the same thing with Street Fighter V, to, to tie it back in in an odd way that I did not see coming. Um, it, it's This game is, I think, underappreciated for what it's brought to the table in the FGC. You know, like, it, 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 I get that there's warts all over this, this mofo. Like, there's so many problems with this game that's not lost on me. But I also wanted to hold this up as, like, man, there's there's a lot of good things this game has going for it. Like, balance-wise, the creativity of some of the characters, um, some of the things. I mean, look at how much we just went to bat for Gil, who's, you know, a character we feel like is very heavily under the radar. But, like, universally on our team, we love the way he's designed. Um, he looks brilliant. He's voiced brilliantly. Like, he's a shining example of a great character design. Um, power wise i do think he should be better but like it, it, it's there's so much about this game i think that's underappreciated and i get the reasons why but I, I do hope that people kind of you know um give the game a little bit more of a chance here especially until street fighter 6 is is here you know and then i get completely moving on from the game that's what the, the community typically does with, with you know the, the, the successors to these games mm-hmm. but it's like man do enjoy this game while it's here there, there's probably more here than you're realizing that's that's fair um, but what I would say to that in terms of trying to 
Well, it sounded sort of like, okay, so if the game is actually fairly well balanced, then uh, that implies that maybe it's, I mean, that, that's, that's good. That's a gold star, right, for mm-hmm. the game. But it's very qu- easy to quickly go, okay, so that means it's, it's good or it's fun. And it's like, no, that's something that contributes to a game being quote-unquote good and, and quote-unquote fun. But I might say that, yes, because I lose to Alex players, jury yeah. players all the time online. I'm, Nash is not, there's no free wins. Like, I'll lose to all these characters online but by people that you know, know that they're, what they're doing and stuff. And, um, and, and it does feel like a lot of these characters, while they might not be as good as Akuma, of course, they have the ability to get the job done and they have some cool stuff and they can dole out the damage, right? Like, no one's worried that Alex's damage isn't good enough. But Alex can't get to the damage or has such a hard time opening people up or you know is just his frame data or whatever it is 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 the thing where he lacks and so yes i think all of these characters can do it but what i would be sort of worried about where my mind goes next is that sure they can dole out the damage they can get the job done but how how inviting and fun is the process of doing that with a lot of these characters you know, yeah, and, and and I, I think your I think your point there is extremely well met, and, and I mean that's it's spoken very heavily of the community's reaction to this game, the sales to the game, all the other kind of stuff. Like I don't think there's any refuting that point that you came up, and and I mean, and if someone can out there, please by all means hit us up with, with how you would refute that. But I, I think the evidence is is very clearly stated to back up 120 percent of what you said. But my thing would be. If I I don't disagree at all, so but why not give the game another look? Because clearly there's been more there that than people have perceived it to be. This game has survived for a variety of reasons, which we've covered before, uh, more so than other fighting games. You know, have it. This has been the uh, I even wrote an article a ways back, the little engine that could right. Like it's been shocking how much this game has held on and done well. And I do think that there's more there than people have given this game credit for. Um, and you know, uh, clearly I'm biased. I love this game, but. It's also like, uh, I think the community has sold it short a good bit. And mm-hmm. I think it's worth going in there and, and being more humble about your approach to this game and realizing there's quite a bit of fun stuff there. It, it's a pretty damn enjoyable game once you get past the warp. See, and, and, and this is something Dream King and I were talking about uh, yesterday, even in, in one of our meetings. You have to kind of get past a first level um, to access the, uh, I'm going to say fun, but that's a very broad term, but you know, access this game's fun, for instance, it is there and, but you do, it, it kind of calls on you to think around a corner or two, uh, or to change your approach a little bit, or to very specifically investigate this facet of the game or that facet of the game and, and dance around that in order to then see, you know, like the, the fun and the, and the rewards that can come from it. And you're absolutely right. It's there. And also, by the way, the fact that it's stayed alive this long, it, not all, not all games, not all like household titles are, are guaranteed this just because it's, you know, some people might say, well, it's just here cause it's street fighter. And if it was any other title, it would have gone away. Well, maybe there's a, there's definitely a certain amount of the weight of the game's name and the legacy of the franchise, but I mean, especially within the fighting game community, we talked about how successful Marvel vs. Capcom 3 was, Ultimate was, and how big of a thing that was. Uh, and it was not a shoe in like, to, it was not a free win when Infinite came out. And in fact, the community yep. did deem it not good enough, and it did die. And that didn't happen with this game, you know? And there's a lot and of progress. people... People who don't study their history don't realize that that happened with Street Fighter 3. They they look at what Street Fighter 3 became, and it took a long time to get there, but it was, it was a 
not dead game, but it was a very under-supported game in the community for a long time. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until, like, there was a resurgence with the game. It basically died off, and then it came back. Um, and so the, it, it, what I'm getting at is you're right with saying that it's not a guarantee just because it's a numbered Street Fighter entry. Right. Street Fighter Six could come out and completely suck, and the community could move off of it in, like, a year or two. Yep. That is a, a legitimate possibility. Yes. So uh, basically I'm saying there are results that you have to look at that that say something to this game and they are they're a lot more solid and observable and i think you can appreciate them more and give them more gravity than emotional reactions of people that are salty for various reasons not that that's not legitimate but you know there's there's a lot that comes in when you're talking about salt and fighting games and the way yeah. people are going to talk about them and uh, one of the lasting things when you know you burn away all of the the fluff and the chaff it's like that's still there the fact that this game is still going it's still the Capcom's esports title it didn't fall away completely it has continued to develop and grow it, it is like the balance is where it is right now those are all positive things and I'll definitely give it credit you know and it's it has not gone under it didn't go yeah. underwater and that's that's a good place to start uh when and before you you finish up there i do want to tip my cap to what we've said before about this also being too big to fail that was a factor as well uh many things can be true here that we're talking about right but uh please continue well do you feel like uh, i mean it, it it wasn't too big to fail but it didn't fail and it is big it was a factor of it, basically, because what, what we talked about in a previous podcast was that they, Capcom pulled support of Street Fighter Cross Tekken and Marvel Infinite uh, for a variety of reasons, and that's how come those games died off when Street Fighter V was kept alive, right? Mm -hmm. um, because Capcom, this is their only esports game, and we know how big their esports movement is right now, all this kind of stuff. That was a factor, but they also could have, you know, they could have moved on to, to Street Fighter Six a little sooner, right? There's, there's a number of things they could have done if Street Fighter V didn't have enough clout and and power and support in the community yeah um it's many things can be true is kind of what i'm getting at mm -hmm. so yeah and and back to my point that was like seven layers ago <laughs> <laughs> i do think that this game does require you uh, where other games don't necessarily to think around some corners or to get over some some obstacles before you can start quote unquote having as much fun and that is a detriment because in the world of gaming yeah, I mean, I have a million options. Why would I want to have to do that? But you can argue also that doing that and the reward of that feeling might be, uh, you know, more fold than than just any other game that you can immediately pull up on your phone and it immediately starts dinging at you and releasing the dopamine and stuff, you know? So, and I have to jump in on that because of uh, a big thing here. And I, I spoke about this with Dream King. And I'm like, why do you keep going back to play Castlevania three? And he's like, well, and I'm like, and I'm like, is there something to say that the difficulty of the game, because that game is so hard and because it's, it, it, it keeps people coming back to it. And I'm like, would you keep going back to Castlevania three if that game was easy to play? And he's like, hell no. He's like, I want to play the damn thing. And there is a reward factor. It's why we don't turn on God mode and, and do cheats and other stuff in fighting games, like for very long, you might do it for a little while to play through it. But that challenge factor, that climbing up that mountain, that reward that you get from it, it's big. And did Street Fighter V maybe have too much of that where it's like it's too hard to get to that point? I think yes. I think that point is there. But I also don't want to lose this other part of the point where it's like that sense of reward you get from this game is also big time. That Those those runs we've seen, Punk, Infiltration, Tokido, um, they've went on huge dominant runs in this game where no one could touch them. With as volatile and as difficult as this game is, they figured something out for a period of time where they were hands down the best players on the planet. Planet and they could not lose 
And so there is stability in the volatility here. It's just hard to find and it's hard to hold on to. But I don't think that 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 there aren't great rewards here too. Those those great rewards come from that that great. Man, it, it's so hard to play and stay on top of this game. But if you do it, it's such a rush. It's such a mm, I got it, you know, kind of thing. And there is value there. I don't want to see our community. And I know you're not suggesting this. I don't want to see our community dumbed down and too dialed back on this stuff um, just because Street Fighter Five is hard, you know, kind of thing. Like that's that's not a reason uh, to, to, to dismiss Street Fighter Five just because it's hard and difficult to play. But it is a reason to maybe make the next game not as difficult because it's like it's also proven that Street Fighter is maybe a little too intense for its own good yeah i i, I think so too um i don't think i have much more to say on that there's more like this spin around but i think it'll start to overlap into other stuff that i want to talk about in the future so Man, there's a lot here. We, we're still talking about this damn game. Like, it's been out for a long time. Yeah. And, and people said, we, we're going to, I mastered it in 20 minutes, this game. And it's like, no, we're still talking about this freaking game and trying to dissect all the layers and other stuff of it. And again, there, there's a lot to say about it. And again, if you hate the game and you're like, I'm never going to touch this damn thing, that's fine. Like, it's it's all good. Like, to each his own. Like, if you love other games of the community, that's all good. Like, I'm so happy. Like, we live in such a diverse and awesome, like, uh, environment for fighting games right now. There's a bunch of great games out there. Uh, Street Fighter V just happens to be what we are playing the most right now, um, and and so we end up discussing it a lot. But uh, and yeah, it's great that causes it, like you were kind of getting at earlier, to be under the biggest magnifying glass. Yeah, and for scrutiny. Sure. So yes, for sure. So. We're going to wrap this up here. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed listening to us ramble and go through all this stuff. Uh, we definitely love doing this, uh, and we're very happy. Uh, we actually do have more than 50 uh, people in our audience, uh, jury jokes aside, there, <laughs> who listen to us each and every single week. It's like 57. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Thank you so much for tuning in. Like we do appreciate this, and, and you know we're we're hoping to do even more in the future. We're just going to take it slow and steady here. Um, but uh, it is really awesome looking in each and every single week and seeing that you know there's people who don't mind listening to us two idiots talk about this stuff. Uh, it, it's really cool to see. Um, so I just could not you know thank you guys enough uh, out there for listening to us each week. So I'm an idiot, huh? All right. Fair <laughs> yeah. enough. Well, that That's makes what you, you get a, for shushing me. You're a big idiot now because you're both <laughs> at the same time. Anyways, it's been fun doing this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. All the, the time that I was able to do it, I'm sure I won't be able to anymore as I'm going to definitely be fired from Event Hubs at this point. But uh, it's been a good ride, guys, and I'm looking forward to whatever happens with Street Fighter Six. <laughs> <laughs> We're running long here, so we better wrap this up. But uh, hope you guys have a good time, and uh, we'll be back with you soon.